It's the next level. Hey, my name is Ross Marquand and I play Red Skull. You are listening to Panels to Pixels podcast. Check it out. What is this? Why all the bells and bagpipes? Why not just blow it up and end the world yourself? Well, that's cheating. You all have to play your part. Free will. That's the fun. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. This week, we'll be discussing Preacher Season 4, Episode 10, End of the World, which is the series finale of Preacher. That's it. Yep, this is a spoiler-full podcast. Uh, we're we're going to talk about this series finale. We're going to talk about the series as a whole. And so if you haven't watched it yet, I don't know what you're doing here. Come on. <laughs> Just stop. Go watch the series finale. It's been a week, people. You should have already watched it, okay? Or if you're actually listening to this and you just like said, oh, I just want to watch the series finale <laughs> and just go from there. I watched the first episode, now watch the last episode. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I I, uh, I thought this was really great. I love that I think they did a great job. And we've been saying all along that we really want them to stick the landing. We, that we want them to do a good job of ending this series. And I think they did. Oh, definitely. They were awesome with uh, when they ended this. And I think they had more than enough time to actually come to that because of they, they were forewarned at at certain point saying that they were going to end the series. Yeah, I'm assuming they knew before this started because there's things, and we'll get to this when we get to the episode itself, there's things that I realized during this this watching of this episode of things that were set up early on in the season that was really cool and it's in my top five because I don't want to give it away. Okay, but uh, uh, I will give a little synopsis of the of the episode. I, I love that they close this out exactly the way we we loved to have them close it out. We see this fight between Jesse and the saint. We see that the angel and the demon parents of Genesis they jump in. Uh, they intervene just in time. That gives Jesse enough time to, I think, kind of in his head, he kind of formulates a plan of what he's going to do. We see God join the audience in the Grail Amphitheater, which was really cool. Um, uh, Tulip enters uh, Humperdue's dressing room and has a confrontation with Cassidy, uh, ending with Cassidy actually being the one who shoots Humperdue. Then we see God escape. He tells Star to run. And I think probably what I love the most about the episode, I didn't put this in my top five, is that they didn't end the episode there. They could have. They could have ended the episode right there with God leaving and Star running away. But they didn't. They give us some more things. They have Jesse send out the grail to go find God. He uses the Genesis voice. Then we get these multiple epilogue endings that give us an outstanding wrap up yeah. of all of our of all of our characters. So we even see Jesus there at the at the very end. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I think it's great that we get this these wrap ups of all these characters. And they also leave a couple of spots where if they want to do something in the future if they're able to get this oh, yeah. cast back together <laughs> that they could do a couple of things here in, in the future with this with this world so i'm I, i'm very pleased with how they ended oh same here i i love the way and like you said they, they, we had closure at certain points with a lot of characters between jesse tulip cassidy or even jesse jr 
if you think about it. <laughs> and on top of that, Jesus, Eugene, the scene of killers, and the angel and the demon at that, too. As well yeah. as Flufferman. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. And, yeah. and Hairstar. Yeah. And Hairstar. Yeah, we- oof, oof. All right, we'll, we'll get into that. and We'll get into that with our top fives. <laughs> and we'll start our top five now. Make it day. Make it night. I'll go first, if you like. Yeah, I'll go first. So, my number five would be Cassidy killing Humperdoo. It was sad to see, but the struggle for him to do it That was intense. That is why it's my number five. Even though he is a vampire, he still feels for people, and he knew he had to do what was right deep down. And you could see the turmoil in him when he had to do it, though. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm looking at my notes now because this was actually within my 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 top five as well. And Joseph Gilgan plays that so well that you see he has that fight with Tulip, and you see just the the struggle on his face, not just before he does it, but after he shoots him, and the fact that we we hear Humperdoo, you know, he gets he even Humperdoo knows what's coming. Because he sees the gun and he says, to the moon, and he get, doesn't even get the whole yeah. word out before Cassidy shoots him. And you just see this this look on, and like I said, Joseph Gilgan played it so well that we just see the, the uh, what, I can't think of the word, the emotion on his face of how, you know, he talks about how this guy was the innocent. He was, he was the best part of all of us. And we had to kill him. Yeah. And you just see that that really breaks Cassidy. And I think that sets him up for why his story closes out the way it does. Is because he just can't ever go back to being with Jesse and Tulip because of, of this thing that he had to do. So, yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. Uh, it could have been a number one if we were naming him that way, like an order of importance, because there's just so much that happened in this episode. Oh, big time. And to me, honestly, it was a number five basically because of the sadness of it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it would it would be my top, my number one, but the only thing is, is that you, you really felt for it. And it was very important to the actual episode. I love the character of Cassidy, and he has gone through so much as you know a character over these four seasons. You know, it's it's amazing. Yeah, my number five was uh, the angel and the demon showing up when they did, and you know, right on time to save Jesse, as I talked about in this synopsis. And one of the things that I realized on, I think it was about the second viewing of it that this dawned on me that I went I wonder if all that fighting they were doing throughout the episode was really in preparation for this fight Hmm. was just practice and getting ready to fight because you know we never saw we saw a little bit of their fight the first time but then every time we come back to them they're fighting each other. And except for, like you said last week, when they're transporting people to Masada. Mm-hmm. So it was it was really, as, it, as I started to think about that, the fact that like the angel, the saint sh- fires his gun and we've seen him shoot angels before, but the angel just, and he knocks the bullet out of the, out of the sky with his, 
with his sword. And you go, whoa. <laughs> and so that really made me think, and it, it gave Jesse all of that time to prepare what he was going to say and how he was going to deal with the saint. And then, of course, when we see the saint go to his knees and Jesse slit his throat, I was I was a little confused because I was like, wait a minute, how did we get to that point? And then, of course, it's not till the end of the episode that we find out that he was on his knees giving his confession so that Jesse could absolve him and then he could go to heaven when, and so it's an interesting, and I, I, I want to credit the writers because it's something that they, they showed us a little bit of the saints confession, but they didn't show us Jesse like convincing him and explaining to him what, what he was going to do. They, they let us imagine that and they let us know that, Oh, Jesse was able to convince him to, if you give me your confession, then you'll be able to go to heaven. You'll be able to be with your, your wife and child. You'll be able to be there uh, in case God ever does come back. And then, you know, however, however the conversation went that Jesse convinced him to do that. It's just amazing that we see, this this saint of killers, this big gigantic guy, go to his knees and give his confession to Jesse. So that's uh, that's my number five. All right, that was awesome though. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a, a nice scene and something that comes into play later on too. Right, it was a good twist because we didn't we don't realize that's what's happening until the end. Yeah, when he, we see him in heaven and God's like, wait a minute, what how you? could you be here? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, my number four would be Eugene. He still goes through hell, but keeps a hopeful mind. The character has been, like, a constant and innocent throughout the the whole, you know, series. You know, the whole show itself. Uh, I, I always love looking at the, you know, him looking at the positive, mm-hmm. you know, in the world. Whether it be himself or anything else. But now he's a rock star. Yeah. And I had a laugh at that reveal at the hospital when they removed the bandages. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah they 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 really thought they fixed his face, but then it was like oh no, and but he still looked the same and he's like okay yeah. I, I was hoping honestly for his face to be fixed and to be a normal kid again but nope no nope. yeah that was uh and this was my number four as well as just Eugene and and just the fact that it just everybody is such a jerk to him and that doctor who basically comes in and tells him to commit suicide. Oh, yeah. It was just, I was just like, what? And then Eugene kind of turning the tables on him and going, no, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be a rock star. And then, of course, we get that quick shot at the end when we see the kid that he has Eugene's face on a T-shirt. Yeah, uh, when he see, when they see Jesus at the, right. like the, the Home, Home Depot, Depot or something yeah. with the paint. Yep. Yeah, and, and it was so great. I mean, like, I, I, I cheered when I saw that, that T-shirt because I was like, he made it. He got to be... His rock star, you know, self, he, he, he stayed on the positive. He always was up. And so I really, really liked that, uh, the closeout of Eugene's story of getting to see him, you know, have to have his positive, uh, outlook sort of rewarded. Yeah. And honestly, I always loved the character and the character itself. If they just dispatched him and in some way, it's like, oh, you're going to heaven and that's it. No, I wanted to see him live. I wanted to see him have a full life after that. 
you know, mind you, they left him mutilated, but, uh, you know, at least he has some sort of ambition in life and a new resurgence of hope and and just being positive as he's always been. Yeah, I I really I really like that. I, I think I, I would have not been dissatisfied if they had had just killed him and shown him in heaven. But I'm even more satisfied with the way they ended it. I'm so glad yeah. they gave us this kind of ending for him. This this upbeat, hopeful ending. Yeah, it ended on a positive, and I think a lot of this ended on a positive in comparison oh, yeah. to most shows. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. That brings us to year number three. Yes, and that would be God. Seeing him in at the end in the camper or RV and his quote-unquote new children wanting <sighs> to love him, but that wasn't enough. He's tormented to the point of destroying them after Jesse releasing of Genesis, you know? he. Uh, I have to go to my notes about this because, honestly... It's weird because what is it? God winds up. Uh, he he wants people to love him. Yeah, he it's wants a little, idolaters. It's, he wants. It's, it's a little yeah. It's a little disconcerting for our image of God. Of the, the yeah. So you know, setting aside the my personal beliefs. Yeah, to, or any belief in God it, that it, uh, anybody has. Yeah. This version of God is kind of like, kind of like, oh, okay, he just wanted attention. Yeah, yeah. Well, they what they've done is they've to use a big word, they've anthropomorphized God to being basically a whiny child who was lonely. Yeah, and that's why he created human. That's why he created dinosaurs and then he destroyed them. That's why he created humans and now he wants to destroy them. And it's all about him wanting to be loved. It's all about this idea of. Of he can't, he needs the love. Yeah. And that's why why at the end, he can't kill Jesse because Jesse's like, I'm not, it's not going to make me love you. There's nothing you're going to do that's going to make me love you of my own free will. Because that's the whole point was God was like, well, and he said that at the beginning that he had set up these rules about this free will. And so when Cassidy says, well, why don't you just blow it up yourselves? Why can't, why don't you? Why are you doing this elaborate thing? And God's like, well, free will, I've got to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. And so then at the end, he's just chilling there in front of the Alamo when the Grail finds him and they report to Jesse. And this was this was in my notes as well, is just this confrontation we have between the two years later confrontation, <laughs> which is the first epilogue is this confrontation. And what I think is, is is a couple of really important things that we see here. Before Jesse releases Genesis, we see him use Genesis on God, and it works. Mm-hmm. He tells God to make it day, make it night, and then he kind of throws God around using the Genesis power. And then after he releases the power, that's when God's eyes kind of glow, and we think, oh, Jesse's done. But then Jesse's like, no, and he starts punching him and says, I'm still not going to love you. And we see, like you said, God just goes back into the trailer. And then he's hearing all these other creatures that he's created saying that they love him and calling him dad and telling him daddy. Mm-hmm. And he just starts killing them because that's he because he wants the free will love. He doesn't want exactly. forced love. Yeah. And and that's what it felt like he was getting from these animals. He's, he was getting a more 
forced love. Yeah, well, he created them and created them to love him, whereas with humans, he created them to be of free will, but Mm. in the end, he just wanted them to love him freely upon their own device. And with Jesse denying it, saying, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to go see a movie. You want to come? Right. Yeah. But, you know, it it honestly, it, it shows, like you said, that this version of God and this interpretation is like, mm-hmm. so it's all about himself and yeah, yeah, how he's just a whiny child. He's, he's a whiny child and it, everything is like, I want attention. I want attention. I want attention. And I think I said this a long time ago, but you know, I, it kind of ends up to being this way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my number three, just I'll go back briefly to the Cassidy killing Humperdue because coupled with that scene, we have Jesus killing Hitler. Yeah. And so we see this, and I, I don't know, I, I'm sure it was purposely done this way so we could see both aspects of, we see the innocent aspect of Humperdue being killed and we see kind of the innocence of Jesus, who all along he's been this very non-violent, non-confrontational person throughout this this uh, season, and now he has this violent confrontation with Hitler, where he kills, and something you know something dies inside of him. Oh yeah, as well, he loses something there in that moment of killing Hitler. So that uh, that was my number three. Again, it was played really well by Tyson Ritter, seeing those two different characters and just everything about it was really really good it it seemed like jesus turned real human and Mm -hmm. learned how to be a human regardless of you know honestly i don't see jesus as a killer but uh i'm just stating that it, it humanized him in a sense where you know we we had the whole thing of uh uh, <laughs> Mary Magdalene and everything else. It's like, oh, we were just yeah. friends and blah blah blah. Yeah. But they they always talked about that. But in in this case, it, it humanized him in the sense that he's now bound to human feelings and thoughts and actions, just as anybody else. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And and at when we see him in the epilogue, we see that he has changed. There is something different about him. Just like when he whispers that thing under his breath. About the guy with the paint, ah. you know, uh, when he says something like calling the guy a jerk or something yeah, like yeah. Under, his, <laughs> under his breath. And you realize that, like you said, Jesus has become humanized, really. So Yeah. And uh, which makes you think God is human and we're mm. all right. I'm not going to get into any of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's your, I think we're to your number two. Uh, my number two would be Jesse. Yeah, my number two is Jesse uh, getting the followers of God to track God after he bailed. <laughs> yeah. Plus seeing Tulip and Jesse two years later with their own business and eventually having a child. Yeah, that was nice. Did you notice? And I'm sure it was meant to be a rhyme that the, the name of the, the place was O'Hare's Auto Repair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was great. O'Hare's Auto Repair. And that they had the the Muslim, the bartender guy, hotel owner, uh, was there working for them 
with that, you know, doing the mechanic stuff on the car. Yeah. So I, I thought that was really great to see that kind of epilogue, to see them still doing. I, I really love that first epilogue because we we see them still doing what they what they've been doing, maybe with a, a little different twist. You know, they talked about the Rodriguez brothers, and <laughs> and we realized that we we think they've stolen something. That's like, you know, it's some sort of a criminal thing or they've robbed a bank or whatever. And you find out, oh, no, no, it's just a, a carburetor from for a 19-whatever car. And they stole it. But they stole it from the Rodriguez brothers. And so now they have these guys with Kalashnikovs <laughs> and shotguns coming after them. And she's like, <laughs> you know, I love also that they don't show us what that plan was. But she's like, what do we have? And he's like, oh, I've got an empty gun. And she's like, I've got this and I've got that. And she's like, do you have your lighter? And we've got power lines. And so you see her brain kind of working out this plan. Yeah. And and I, I just love that, that they come back with the carburetor. And then we see <laughs> that they have a child, they have the daughter. And uh, according to IMDb, I don't know if it was ever actually said on screen, but according to IMDb, the child's name was Lucy. Lucy, but I thought I, at the very end, Cassidy stated Jesse. No, I think I don't think he was calling her Jesse. I think he was talking about. Okay. I, I think he said. Actually, I think I had. I think you're right. He did say her name, but I think he said Lucy because I had the closed captioning on, and I so I don't think he called her Jesse. I think he called her Lucy. Yeah, I I've been that, like that, watching it like I watched it like three or four times, and I, I thought yeah. it was Jesse at the very end. But okay, it could be you, me. You you might be right. I just know, like I said, I know what IMDb showed. IMDb showed it as Lucy, and I. We'd have to go back and watch that last scene again. Uh, anybody but, could uh, write into IMDb and <laughs> edit. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So it could be anything. But I just, I, I just really like that fact that we see them having a child. That they, they, you know, they lost the child. Yeah. That that God, you know, God had taken the child, their child had away taken from away them. Now from they them. Have, yeah. Yeah. Now they have this other one. So that um, brings us to my number two. Yep. And let me see if we've already we've kind of already talked about it. So let me look at my notes real quick and see if I've got something else I can add. Oh yeah, I'll I'll make this my number two. Just Hairstar killing Featherstone, and then he, apparently he gets away with everything at the end. That really kind of disappointed me a little bit. Yeah, that that whole thing of showing him in the, on the golf course and the the police. Uh, find him and they're going to arrest him and he wrestles with one of them and then he falls on the ground and she thinks he's he, he's jerking off but and I didn't realize until the third watch the other the cop opens up his jacket and sees his empty holster and that's when yeah he when realizes Hairstar yeah yeah rolls rolls over and shoots them and then we get the last scene of course of them being buried in the sand trap there and he's again. still playing his golf too yeah it just was a uh, uh. it just it, it disappointed me a little bit that, that we didn't get some but that's one of those things that they could if they ever wanted to come back to it because i had this in my notes as well is that they could you know they really have two periods of time that they can come back to with new stories they can give us a story within those two years before god left yeah um, and Jesse still had Genesis, or they can give us a story in that 40-year span between when God uh, is killed by the saint and Jesse and Tulip die. So they could give us, they could give us a, a story that's within that span of, of time as well if they ever wanted to come back and, and do another set of a round of stories or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would love to see that. 
It'd be nice, like little mini movie if they could, but yeah. we won't know unless Seth Rogen and uh, uh, what Adam Goldberg actually Ian, did. Like- Ian, I think it's Ian Goldberg. Ian, oh, okay. Ian, yeah, I think we misspoke it before. Ethan Goldberg is the Fear the Walking Dead guy. Ah. Ian Goldberg. I don't know if they're related or not, but Ian Goldberg is. I believe I was just watching it the other day, and Ian Goldberg is the name of the the guy that's involved with preachers. Ah, okay. Yeah. What? They they all seem to be coming together and doing other things and mm-hmm. you know hopefully the other stuff comes out too that that Seth looks to do as far yeah. as image comics because we all know that something else is coming out. <laughs> so what's your number one? Uh, my number one would be that ending, seeing Cassidy mm-hmm. talk to Jesse and Tulip's daughter and remembering you know her parents, realizing that you know brought up. Uh, you know, they brought up a great kid, and he had nothing left to live for anymore at that point. He lived a few lifetimes. Jesse asking God about different religions at that final scene with God, they were going to hell. <laughs> if, yeah. Yeah, if, if they were actually going to go to hell, and life on other planets, and him saying, oh, it's a bunch of gases, and I was like, <laughs> really? Oh, you don't want those things. Why? You think it's a bunch of guys with a bunch that like bugs and shooting at you? And then finally asking about his father being in heaven, and which was, you know, according to God, which was Jesse's original sin, and God did not kill him. Uh, God denied. No, his his prayer was that his his father wouldn't go to heaven, and God denied that. Yeah, he he uh, denied so. his prayer. Which it's a, it's there's a little bit of a confusion here to me about this that I guess I get kind of what they're trying to say, but at the same time I'm a little bit like I don't know where I fall on this because God makes that comment about he never drank, he never smoked, he uh, he never even looked at a Playboy, yeah. Um, and so there's no way I would not let him into heaven, basically saying he was a good person. But didn't we see, didn't he abuse Jesse? Didn't we see that? He, yes. Yeah, yeah, he was. They, he was verbally and physically abusive to Jesse. Yeah, so, so there's a, there's a, I have a bit of a problem there's there. There's a little bit of hypocrisy right there. Yeah, 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 that I'm not, I'm not understanding where we're, where this is at here. So, uh, you know, um, maybe I, 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 yeah, I get it. On on the one hand, I also though understand that we saw with like the saint of killers making his deathbed confession, and that got him into heaven. And, and remember, they had that discussion a few episodes ago mm. between Jesus and Hitler, where they were talking about who's going to be allowed into heaven, who's not. And Hitler makes that comment about deathbed confessions, and Jesus says, "Hey, if they repent at the last minute, they they're in." <laughs> and so, um, which which is great is so. I, I guess I come back. I come back to that idea of. Maybe Jesse's uh, father actually repented before yeah, he, he repented. passed away. Yeah, and that's and that's what. So I I get that. It's just the the line from God was that the reason he let him in was because of all his good works, and not so, and absolved him of everything else that he did bad. Yeah, in his, uh, yeah, yeah. Went on his deathbed after he repented. Yeah. yeah. So I still think there's a little bit. Of, I still have a little bit of an issue, but at the same time, I, I understand it. At the same time, yeah. I just don't. I, I think the wording of it could have been a little bit better. Yeah. It, it, from God, there could that, be an extended that. scene for all we know that will come out on Blu-ray, yeah. and who knows? Because yeah. this this episode is a little bit longer than most, but 
Yeah, it was a little bit longer. But uh, not as much. So they could have gone like two hours for all I know. Yeah. And and yes. then the the last part would be, you know, seeing the scene of killers on the throne of heaven. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's that's another one of those interesting things that I, I'm I'm torn between which story do I want to to see? Do I want to see the, the two years when Jesse still had Genesis, or do I want to see the 40 years where he didn't have Genesis? And there's all this other stuff yeah. that they could also put in there. Like, what does that mean that the saint of killers is sitting on the throne of heaven? Yeah. What is what does that mean for... <laughs> Especially since, like, what, what did he say to God before he killed him? He, he says, I choose violence or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I, I You know, cho- God's, God's like, I can be, you can have, you can be whatever you know with your wife and child and have uh i choose hate I or something yeah he says i choose hate or i choose violence something yeah of that of that that, uh, that resort and then we have the whole shoot the 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 thing where god has got his electricity getting ready and obviously the saint outdrew him and shot him first mm-hmm. so yeah so so i'm torn between which story do i want to see and, and i i think i really would rather see what what happened during those 40 years or at some point during those 40 years of, of uh, Jesse not having Genesis of the Saints of Killers being on the throne of heaven and uh, uh, Eugene being a rock star. Yeah. And, you know. I, I think personally, honestly, I would have loved just to see the Saints of Killers just sitting there mm-hmm. and then just God just walking away and then the Saints of Killers just being on the throne. And then it just ends at the idea of Jesse's daughter and yeah. Cassidy walking away and burning. Yeah, and that was this was my number one. Also, was was just that 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 conversation they have between Cassidy and Jesse and Tulip's daughter, where she says something like, and obviously she knew him from stories that her mom and dad told. Yeah, that she may have never actually met him, or there's because she says something about why why did you never come back, and he's like. I just got caught up in other things and, but I truly, so again, that's another story that they could tell was give us something of Cassidy, maybe having a secret meeting with, with Jesse and Tulip where, you know, he tells them he's not going to come around anymore or something. I I don't know. Or he's been there and they just never told the the daughter at all. And they had their own little side Little but it was things, just really poignant you know? to, to see him to see him hang his his umbrella on that gravestone yeah. and then walk out. And I love how the camera work there was they blurred out the background just enough so that we can still see him and we can see what's happening to him yeah. behind her, but we also can re- realize that she's doesn't doesn't see it. She doesn't yeah. She's doesn't not know it's yeah. Happening. Know exactly what's going on, and I. It, it makes me question. It's like, okay, I have a f- deep down. I think she knew that he was a vampire, and that's why. But obviously, oh, he yeah. stated he oh. was always a hundred and fifty years old. But yeah, oh no, for sure. I'm sure she knew he was a vampire. Yeah, yeah, no, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that she didn't because he says your mom shot me in the chest twice. twice. Yeah. I drank battery acid or or whatever, killed dozens of angels and all that that kind of thing. And, and so no, I, I I'm I'm with you. She for sure knew he was a vampire. So she, if she. But she also knew that he had that umbrella. I don't know. I, I just, I, it was very, it was a really good scene. It was really a great way to close out the series, seeing that he realized. And I, I, I paused it. 
um, to see they died a year apart. Yeah. It says that uh, that Tulip died in 2064 and Jesse died in 2065. So there was a little bit of time also between Jesse and Tulip passing away. They passed away at different times. Yeah. Uh, so we had a, I had a couple of quotes before we get to, to notes here. Sure. And um, I really loved that at the beginning. And every time I, I just I, I leapt out of my chair the first time that he said it uh, was when Jesse, you know, the saint, is getting ready to kill Jesse. And he says, go on. But I'm telling you, the parents will not be happy. And then suddenly the saint turns around and there's the angel and the demon parents of Genesis standing right there. So I really I just, I just <laughs> love that line, you know. <laughs> That uh, makes sense, though. Uh, mine would be Cassidy saying, What is this? What's with all the bagpipes and bells? Why not just blow it up yourself? And then God just turned around going, That's cheating. You have to play your part. Free will. That's the fun. And he uses that's the fun with like a, a demonic or, you know, godly style voice, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I loved at the end of the first epilogue when they're trying to decide how they're going to defeat the Rodriguez brothers, and she says, and I realized that the, the second time, the second or third time, that she says to that she yells at them to blow me, and Jesse, so Jesse says, you know, I can make them blow each other. So, <laughs> I just thought that was great that that uh, that they still have that banter kind of back and forth. Yeah. So we've got a couple of notes here that we didn't uh, talk about. Yeah. Mine would be, I, I thought it was funny that God had a girl in the RV when Jesse finally found him. Just camped outside the Alamo. And then her asking God if he wanted something from the Piggly Wiggly. And she was <laughs> like, uh, "Like, wow, it's like, I'm not going to say tramp or whatever, but it's like, it's like she looked like casual, ordinary, regular girl. It's like going about her own business and having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's who yeah. God was hanging out with at the RV. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Was really it was a very quick line that Cassidy lumping in our trio with with Churchill, Lincoln, and Frodo Baggins <laughs> about saving the world. And uh, and Jesse's like Frodo's fictional. Is he the little guy who lived with the wizard? And and just <laughs> just seeing this character of Cassidy who knows so much about the Lord of the Rings, like a nerd, going, no, he didn't live. The lizard, the wizard, didn't live with him. You know, <laughs> he had a lot of time to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. Uh, the next part would be God waiting for Humper to dance, but also to be bombarded with questions from all the fans in the audience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was great. And then he tells him, why don't you go see what's what's keeping him? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I noticed I noticed a couple of when when Jesse released the Grail people after they found God, a couple of them fall to the ground dead as if they they were either dead or already dying before they were given this mission. As soon as they were released from this mission, they just they just died. I thought that was wow. uh, weird. But I'm also I'm a little disappointed, and and maybe like you said, maybe there's going to be a deleted scene uh, where we get the get this. And if I ever am at a con where Seth Rogen or any of the other people involved uh, with this show are, I get a chance to ask a question. I'm going to ask them if the Saint of Killers was Kane because I still. Don't understand why God would be talking about that relationship between Cain and Abel, and then there's no payoff of that later on in the episode. So, mm. uh, 
I really, I, I really was a little disappointed we didn't get that confirmation, but that's okay. Yeah, we should bombard Seth Rogen on his Twitter <laughs> and just ask him. <laughs> <laughs> so we did get one piece of feedback for this podcast from Daphne B. Do you want to go ahead and read? No, you go ahead. Okay, so this comes from Daphne B. This was submitted on our Facebook page, and she just said, I watched the finale yesterday. Preacher has been off the rails in the most wonderful way this season, and I'm happy with the finale. So I, as I think there were was closure for all of the characters. So thank you, Daphne, for that. And I look forward to hearing from you during our Watchmen podcast uh, here in a few weeks. All right, well, we already talked about my talk about the series as a whole, because that was regarding God himself. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no comic talk this week because a lot of things are going on because honestly, we're doing this on Saturday, the 5th on October, 2019 and San Diego, uh, not San Diego, geez, uh, New York comic con is at the, at the moment and there's a lot of stuff coming out. So I haven't been able to really grasp a, a ton of information yet, but we'll bring that up later on. And another exactly. and another podcast, but a lot's been going on. Obviously, we know Spider-Man's back from Sony and is doing its deal. There's a whole bunch of Walking Dead news. Lauren Cohan's coming back, hopefully for season eleven of The Walking Dead. We we don't know, but there's a lot of things coming up, and we'll bring that up come next podcast. Exactly. So, so Steve, how could they submit their feedback? Well. Mark, thank you for asking. We can be heard on Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes, or whatever podcast of choice, uh, podcast player of choice you use. And if there's a review on there, throw us a review. We'll read it because we see those reviews most of the time. And we would read that as part of feedback. You can also send us feedback through our Facebook page, which is Panels to Pixels which is facebook.com slash panels to pixels. We also have a website that, which is panels to pixels podcast.com and an email address. You can email us at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels to pixels one. The T O is spelled out right there in the middle and the number one at gmail.com. You can also send us a voicemail that way as well. Or you can call us and leave a voicemail on our voicemail line, which is 845-350-2095. Again, that's 845-350-2095. So call us up, leave us some feedback, tell us what you want to want to hear next. We do plan on, in a few weeks or a couple of weeks, we'll be reviewing the first episode of Watchmen when it drops on October 20th. So look for that after October 20th, that podcast will probably drop the the next week, probably just like Preacher, since they were both Sunday night shows. We'll probably be dropping those podcasts uh, one week after the episode airs. Uh, Look forward to the show Watchmen. And uh, just watch our Facebook page for any other things we might be doing in the next three weeks. Exactly. And for those of you who are Walking Dead fans, I will be at Walker Stalker Atlanta come October 18th. And throughout the whole weekend. So if you see me, and obviously you must have an image or something from me from this, you know, Facebook site, uh, I do take pictures. So uh, just, you know, tap me on the shoulder, say, hey, I'm here and we could talk. I'll be on the floor. I have media pass pre- uh, media press passes. So uh, I'll be there interviewing people on the floor. So if I can interview 
that would be awesome. Yeah, I would love to interview anybody who listens to us or just has any information regarding The Walking Dead, and which will segue into where you could hear us elsewhere and you could hear me. I am a co-host on The Walking Dead Talk Tour with Brian Malosh on Talk Tour Media. We, re- we actually review The Walking Dead each week. This show will stay on the Next Level Podcast Network, which is Panels to Pixels. It will be on the Next Level Podcast Network. But there will be a link for Talk Through Media for others to listen to as well. So listen to us on TalkThroughMedia.com or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We are currently working on a lot of things right now. The uh, Talk Through Media website is going crazy. Brian is in the middle of trying to take care of everything that's going on in the future show called Picard Cast, which is about the new show Star Trek Picard. So... Yeah, he'll be dealing with that. I'm hoping to jump in on that. I think Steve might. (laughs) Yes. So uh, once we're asked to be on the show, we'll actually be on there as well. Just uh, providing a little additional voice and views because I've been looking forward to the idea of uh, Patrick Stewart coming back as Picard. So keep in touch here or go to the talkthroughmedia.com website and... We'll hear from you then. Yes, and you can hear me on various other podcasts that I send voicemails to. At the moment, a couple of podcasts that I've been sending in voicemails are, are taking some breaks and things. But uh, as always, I will. you can hear my voice on different places and other podcasts. Yeah, Steve's on multiple platforms. You'll hear him on Podcast Go. You'll hear him on Next Level Podcast Network or just here. So. You know, yeah, he'll be everywhere, so you can't avoid Steve. I won't be in Atlanta, though. Oh, unfortunately, yeah. I wish. Yeah, I wish he was there, too. (laughs) Same thing with Brian. Brian cannot make it as well. So uh, I will be there, and I'm hoping to do a panel, and we'll see if that happens. And I will let you all know if that happens sometime soon. So... But thanks for everybody for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this is Panels Pixels, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.